You're listening to Second Breaks, a show about life in the middle. I'm Lou Blazer, your host, and there's one thing you should know right away. I am not an expert on midlife. I'm on this journey just like you. So, together with my guests, we're going to explore what it actually takes to navigate midlife, thrive in it, and turn it into the best phase of our life. This podcast is brought to you by Briefing Notes, a digital publication for the over 40, about getting stronger, wiser, and bolder in our midlife. Check it out and subscribe for free at thebriefingnotes.com. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Second Breaks. So I wanted to talk about limiting beliefs with you today because I don't know if you noticed, but something seems to happen to many, many midlifers in this phase of our life. Um, And certainly this has happened to me as well. This appears to be a time in our life when the desire to do something different and reinvent ourselves is quite strong. And it often coincides with some kind of life event like when the kids are off to college and we're thinking maybe this is a good time to do something with the time that we have taken back. Or, you know, maybe we've spent a long time in a particular job. We're kind of feeling in a rut. Or maybe we've even outgrown our career and we are itching to do something more creatively challenging. And then, sadly, this happens to many midlifers. We are pushed out, right? We're pushed out of the workplace. And so we are looking around and thinking, okay, what now? No matter what the impetus may be, or as they say in writing, the inciting incident, this period of reassessment can lead to a decision, or a desire at least, to pursue a different path. And we love to hear and read about reinvention stories too, don't we? Because the stories, they add fuel to the fire, they're motivating, and they they egg us on. And we say to ourselves, you know, if they can do it, certainly, so can I, right? Here's the thing. This initial excitement is all too often replaced by dread and all kinds of second guessing. Can I do this? Should I do this? What will people say? And the big one, do I have what it takes? Ah, right? It's so frustrating. Now, I think that some level of reassessing our decision or even second guessing is, shall I say, normal? And I know, I know, second guessing ourselves is hardly ever the advice of anyone. (laughs) We should never second guess ourselves, right? But No, kidding aside, I think that if we've never done the thing that we want to do next, it's normal to feel anxious. It's normal to wonder if we can actually pull it off. But I think the thing that we really want to pay attention to is what's underpinning the normal asking of questions. Because if what's underneath all that questioning is this thing called limiting beliefs, then we're going to need to work on that because that's going to become the albatross around our neck as we try to go off and do new things. So what are limiting beliefs? 
If you try to Google the phrase, you're going to get a thousand, hundreds of thousands of results. Apparently, lots of people are Googling limiting beliefs. But there's one article that was written by Mark Manson that I really like. And I'm going to put a link to that uh, article on the show notes. But Manson talks about limiting beliefs as boundaries that we have erected over time to stop us from doing or thinking something. So boundaries erected over time stops us from doing or thinking something, right? Here's something that he says that um, I had to read like a couple of times and then I agreed with him. He says that some of these boundaries are actually useful because they stop us from doing stupid things. But some are quite damaging because they hold us back. They stop us from becoming who we want to be. And those damaging ones, those are really what people refer to when they say limiting beliefs. The false narratives that we have about ourselves, about the world at large, and about life in general that keep us from pursuing our goals. My guest today is Lana Hernandez. She's a mindset and empowerment coach. Her work is focused on helping her clients navigate the mindset barriers so that they not only experience breakthroughs, but also sustain empowered growth. I help people to get through limiting beliefs. Um, one of the, the terms that people say a lot is that, you know, you overcome your mindset blocks and your limiting beliefs. I do not say that ever because it's not an overcome, it's a pushing through them. You may heal from them, but you're also pushing through during that healing process because there's so much fear involved. There's so much that you've gone through that there's pain involved. Like, so you've got to push through all of those things to get to the other side. And so as a mindset coach, I'm really helping you, guiding you through the push to get to the other side of those limiting beliefs or that fear or whatever is holding you back so that you can get to the other side so that you can live out loud and be your authentic aligned self. So when you work with clients, do you help them identify the the stumbling blocks? Is that kind of the work? That is a lot of the work that I do. And I'm very informal in the way that I do things. I like to talk. And so I have that gift. And so as I'm talking to them, things start to come, you know, come up, things bubble to the top. And then we start to, oh, but you said this. So let's dig a little deeper into that. And so we just start digging a little deeper. And then, you know, maybe they have a reaction to something that someone said. And so it's like, okay, explore that. Let's talk a little bit about that. Or why did you feel that way? Or maybe I'll just start asking questions. But a lot of it is just really just listening because people will tell you. Even though, so a lot of times, you know, we're our worst critic and we don't see things in ourselves that other people see in us, you know? So um, sometimes people probably not even realizing that they're actually talking about what it is that there is blocking them and mm -hmm. you can hear it from can their hear it. voice, from the yes. words that they're using. Yes. So like, let's talk about like the fear of failure. So I'm not moving forward because I'm scared. What are you scared yeah. of? I'm scared that people are going to think that. I didn't do a good job or that, yeah. you know, they're going to see me as something other than I want to see myself as. And that's like the fear of failure. Right. And so, you know, as you start digging into the fear of failure, why do you care what other people think about you? Mm -hmm. What does that actually gotcha. mean to you? 
And then you just start digging a little deeper and a little deeper and a little deeper. And so there are a lot of tears involved a lot of times. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm viewing like I need this kind of work. (laughs) We all do. I'm not even going to kid you. Like, you know, in that, so I don't want to confuse what I do with therapy because therapy is extremely important. And that's, Mm -hmm. I am not a therapist. I am a mindset coach. Therapy Mm -hmm. is something. And there are people that a lot of us need actual therapy right? Where there is some type of medical way in which you um, are able to solve problems in your life. And, you know, there's depression and there, you know, chemical imbalances and there are things like that. But what I do is really related to um, really empowering you to own your gifts and own who it is that you really are so that you can move forward and feel that strength that you have within yourself. So all our lives, we've been developing our beliefs, including the limiting ones. Now, some of these beliefs we learned from our early caregivers, like our parents or those people who we live with in our formative years. And so we enter the world with some baseline set of beliefs, if you must. And then those are further shaped or reinforced by our experiences. By the time we reach midlife, we have an entire set of beliefs that influences how we think and what we do. And if we've never challenged our limiting beliefs in the past, we are suddenly going to come face to face with them in midlife as we try to pivot and reinvent ourselves. I don't think anybody is born with a a mindset. I think they are have experienced through the mindset that they have. So Let's say you have an aversion to money because you grew up poor. And now the way that you you see money, maybe you saw people with money as evil. And so now the way that you see money now is that only evil people have money, right? And so that's a mindset block. Anybody who's ever heard me speak um, has heard me say this, but I read that you are only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Um, and all your other fears are learned. So those are all learned behaviors from some type of trauma. So, you know, you've developed some type of ideal because of something that's happened to you. And many times we take that into adulthood and it stops us. So I work a lot with um, entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs, and there are things that stop them from moving forward because those are things that other people are putting into them. So people are sowing these seeds into them. But they aren't even like you're, you know, you've allowed all these things to happen. You, some of it you didn't have control over, but as adults, we kind of allow people to talk to us and treat us in certain kinds of ways. You don't have to, you get to decide, you get to say, you know what? I am strong. I am powerful. I have a sense of humor or I am shy or I am bold or, you know, you get to make these things true for you. And I I really believe like all the things that, that the gifts that you're born with, are things that you should be living out loud You know, I really like what Lana just said there about the things that we're born with being the things we need to live out loud with. But I also know from experience that those can be the ones that we deny ourselves or hide from others. Mark Manson, in his article, points out that our limiting beliefs about ourselves are the most insidious ones. They can be the most damaging ones. Many of those are stories 
or quote-unquote facts that we've been taught about ourselves since we were kids. Of course, it's going to take a lot of work to change those kinds of narratives. The thing is, sometimes what we've been told or the things that we know about ourselves, they're not necessarily false. It's the meaning that we've given them that makes them damaging or limiting. Lana talks about reframing our stories, hearing the words and giving them a different meaning, a more accurate meaning even. You're too bossy. That's one that I get all the time. Like, you know, as a child, I was told that I was too bossy. And so I took that on as I'm mean or, you know, people view me in a certain way. And so I've tried through the years to not be bossy. But bossy is bossy is a word. And people try to put a negative connotation on that. And that makes you feel like something about you is negative. And so as you begin to really delve into what's bossy, maybe I'm a leader. Maybe the things that I say may be harsh. Maybe it's the delivery that I have. I have the gift of gab. I've always been told, girl, you talk a whole lot. (laughs) And I do. And you know, it used to be like, okay, my brother and sister are shy. They don't talk a lot. Maybe I should be quiet. No, I'm not going to do that. The example that you gave yourself about yourself, the gift of gab, it's almost like if you grew up believing that it's a positive thing, Mm -hmm. then you will always be embracing that part of you and you will always be looking for opportunities where you can be doing that. Whereas if you grow up as you know, I'm too talkative. It's always something that you're trying to temper down Mm -hmm. all the time. Absolutely. Right. But it's actually the same thing. It's the same trait. Yeah. Yes. But it's a mindset thing. Right. So um, when you do that self-reflection and you think about, oh, I have the gift of gab, but somebody told me I talk too much. So when I self-reflect and I think about, oh, I've been in situations where I've really wanted to say something. And I, you know, I really want to engage with people, but somebody told me that I talk a lot. So I'm just trying to tamper it down because I don't want people, other people to say, oh, wow, she talks a lot. Right. So then you start worrying about are other people going to say those things to me. Okay, so here's the scenario. We've come to that proverbial fork on the road. We have reached the point in our lives where we have to make a decision. It's either same old, same old or be bold and do some changes. Maybe we want to make a pivot or we want to make a significant life change, but something is holding us back. We keep telling ourselves the same stories or updated versions of the ones that we've told ourselves a million times before. What are we going to do? I mean, how can we go from having one set of beliefs to another? Is that even possible? Right. So I think a lot of it is self-reflection, right? And when you do that self-reflection, you're looking at how you react to situations. So how you react to internal situations as well as external. So um, how do you treat other people, right? Hmm. Reflecting on why do I do that? So if I want a new job, maybe I need to think about, I want to be a manager. How can, what can I do that will affect the outcome of me being this manager, right? So there's external things that you can think about. But the internal stuff is like, what comes up when I think about doing this thing? Is that fear? Is there fear involved? Is there shame involved? Um, Why do I want to do this? That's a huge thing. Like the why is so big, 
the why is so big because if you're doing it for a superficial reason, many times it's just going to be like, eh. but if there's a true why that's, that's a force that's pushing you, then it's really hard to stop you. You know, so for weight loss, a lot of times the why was something that was superficial, right? I want to look good in this bikini. Then I get in the bikini and now I need a new goal, right? But it's not like I want to get healthy. I want to live longer. It's almost like an external, external standards that are pushing me to want to do this. Yes. But when you think about if I actually want this for more than just looking good, are there any health benefits that you can realize? Or maybe even just looking good is what you really want. But why do you want to look good? Is it because you want attention? Why do you need that attention? Do you want to just feel good? Because I want to just feel good. You know what I mean? So you just start digging into why do I want this? And is this something that I actually want? But I I do want to... Put a pin on something that you said, because yeah. even if the answer is because I want to look good, mm-hmm. that's not good or bad. That's nothing's wrong with it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just owning that because mm-hmm. I want to look good. Mm-hmm. It, it's there's no judgment. But so, so the thing that you want to dig into about that is, okay, I want to look good for other people. I want to look good. Will that sustain you to actually mm. getting to the end point? So am I just making up some things because that's what society tells me to do? Right. right. You know, so for like a lot of women empowerment, especially like as far as our bodies. So Lizzo is a great example, right? So she wants to lose weight and her fan base. A lot of them were upset with her Hmm. because they associated being okay with being their size with her being okay with being her size. But she gets to choose. She gets to say one day, you know what? I don't want to be this size. Maybe I want to be 40 pounds lighter and I'm still going to look good. But if she if she didn't do it because all of these other people are relying on her and telling her that she shouldn't do this, then that's not doing it for herself. And we need to talk about what's that mindset like? Are you doing this for you or is this some external force that's compelling you to do it? That's not that's not enough. That's not enough because some things just won't be enough to sustain. Like I'm doing it because my boyfriend told me that I was fat. Does that really matter to you? What if you don't have that boyfriend anymore? I mean, what happens when you don't have that boyfriend anymore? Are you going to think that all the boyfriends after that think that you're you're fat? And so you're going to keep losing weight because of that. Maybe we need to dig a little deeper into that. Who told you you were fat before that? And why do you care so much about what he thinks about you? Does that make you feel like he doesn't love you anymore? Right, or he doesn't right. love you without conditions. The condition mm-hmm. for love is being skinny. So then you associate love with being skinny. So there's so much that could be involved. <laughs> so, so that's one element of it, right? So the, you're doing something, you're you're twisting yourself into a pretzel. You're, yeah. you're transforming yourself because you think that this is what other people want you to be doing or that's the standard. That. But I've, I've also heard the other side, which is, I really want to do this, but I'm afraid of what other people will say, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, like, who, you know, like, I've always been this person, and now I'm going to try to attempt to do this. And what are people going to say? Are they going to think like, oh, she's a flake or... Mm-hmm. You know, who the hell does she think she is? That she <laughs> thinks that she can actually do that? You know, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. So it's, it's, 
This time it's you're stopping yourself from doing mm-hmm. something because you're afraid is that other people might react Absolutely. negatively. It's that fear, right? So there's some fear base in there. So, you know, there's a fear that stops you from getting what you want mm-hmm. or you use that fear as the source to get what you want. But are either of those healthy? Right. When you think about it in your mind, are either of those things healthy? So I'm not going to do it because I'm afraid of what they're going to say about me or I'm going to do right. it because I'm afraid that they're what they're going to say about me. Right. right? Exactly. There's either no way. there's no right there. Like, you know, neither one of those is the right thing, because quite honestly, what you should be saying is, do I give a about what other people say? OK, I'll speak for myself. I was I was raised in an environment where you don't call attention to yourself, mm-hmm. right? So I was just telling someone this the other day, like even in my choice of colors, like I would never walk into a room with like wearing red because, oh my goodness, that's just like <laughs> calling, you mm-hmm. know, calling people to mm-hmm. look at you. So I would always wear muted colors because that was what I was raised to do, you know, to be. Mm-hmm. And then so sometimes the things that I want to do call attention to myself. And so there's always that struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that could be, you said not overcome. So how do I address that if, if it's not overcoming it? You're pushing through it because you were raised that way, right? right. It's hard to, to deprogram yourself from childhood, right? Like, And as you get older and you continue to carry these things through, one day you might say, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. But you, every time you do, every time you don't do it, you feel guilty. But you still don't do it. You pushed through the guilt and and didn't do it. So that's the push through. So like for me, for example, I was raised to be a certain way. I am supposed to be the cooker, the cleaner, the... You know, I'm the everything because I'm the wife and the mom. I got to a point, especially with COVID, that I didn't want to do all the things anymore because I was exhausted. So I have two little girls and I have a husband um, and they're all we're all here together all the time. Right. And I'm tired. And so I made the decision that I don't want to do the dishes anymore. I didn't even have a discussion about it. I just stopped (laughs) because I don't want to now. The way that I was trained is you don't go to sleep with dishes in the sink. (laughs) And I was also trained that that's just what you do as a wife and a mom. Right. Right. And so my husband now does the dishes. And every single time he touches the dishes to put them in the dishwasher, I swear to you that I feel guilty. Yes. Right. It's still there. So even if you made the decision, you still feel it. Mm -hmm. So I'm pushing through that. I'm pushing through that guilt because it's going to benefit me because I'm breaking that cycle. Right. It's not that that's what you mean when you say you didn't overcome. Like It's you push through it. And the reason I say you don't overcome is because I don't want there to be guilt associated with still having feelings about it. Right. So if you still feel guilty, that's okay. But if it's not serving you, that guilt is just going to have to be there and you just push through it. Or that fear is going to have to be there and you just push through it. So that's why I say you push through it, because I still feel guilty every time he touches a dish. Mm -hmm. I feel guilty. Mm -hmm. I don't cook on Tuesdays, Thursday or Sunday anymore. I feel guilty that now he has to figure out what to 
feed the kids. Mm-hmm. But I'm mm-hmm. still not going to get my behind in there and do not. I'm not <laughs> turning the stove on. I'm just not. <laughs> so those are like, that's what I mean. That's oh, what I mean yeah, when I, I say yeah. you push through. Um, so for you, like you were taught to be meek, right? Mm-hmm. So the thought of wearing red. But what if you find some glasses that are amazing and they're red mm-hmm. and you put them on and they just are calling you? Are you going to push through? That little twing, that little thing in the back of your head that says, oh, that's going to cause so much attention to you. Or are you just going <laughs> to buy them because they are fierce and fly? That's Got the push it. through. Yeah. So so at the point in time of buying it and then mm-hmm. every time I put it on. It gets and less, then, and less and less and less and less and less right. and less until it's right. not even an issue. These glasses are fierce. Everybody says every time they see them, they're like, oh, those are so beautiful. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. I almost didn't buy these. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So so a couple of follow-up questions. So th- at the point in time of deciding that you're going to make this happen, you're going to pursue this. So there's mm-hmm. that part. And then as you're doing it, it comes back, right? Mm-hmm. This The fear, yeah. the guilt, the yeah. everything, right? The second guessing yourself, the should I really be doing this? Or what are people saying now behind my back? You know, that kind of stuff. So... There's you telling yourself that, which is probably not true, but there's also what happens when you actually hear other people saying something. So um, ask I, yourself, I, do you really care? Huh? What oh, does God, this mean? that is so hard. <laughs> it, it's way hard. But what does this mean to you if, if this person who doesn't you see once a year or maybe will never see them again? has this nasty thing to say, do you really care? And what does that really mean about you? Does it mean anything about you? Or is it saying a whole lot about them? Mm -hmm. It's just like reframing it, right? Right. So for example, let's say you're doing something that you're stepping out there, you're taking space, you're being, you know, living Living out out loud loud the way that you want to. And then somebody says, whoa, look at you. Mm -hmm. Baby, look. (laughs) Turn your eyes and look at me. I am living exactly in my gifts. I am living authentically. I am aligned. I know that this is the person that God put me on this earth to be. And if you don't like it, I feel bad for you. Right, right. And so that's the end game that I want to have when I am working with my clients. So that, like I'm saying, society has made us care about what other people think about us. And you aren't going to just stop. You can stop in the moment and really say, you know what? Do I really even care about what they think about me? Not really. I don't even, she doesn't even know me. So I, I, this is something that um, I think about a lot. Right. It's morbid, but I think about it a lot. On my deathbed, am I going to say, oh, she thought I was crazy. I won't care about that lady. That lady won't mean anything. I won't even remember her face, but I will remember that I stopped being exactly who I was meant to be because some lady that I don't even know told me not to. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I had done it. I don't want to, I don't want to die wishing that I was me Mm -hmm. out loud, fully. We only get a short amount of time to be here. You might as well be it all. Kim Kardashian right. has been married how many times? 
<laughs> Jennifer Lopez has been married how many times? Do you think at this point that they care about what you think about them? Right. Right. That is so true. And I mean, you know, there's this other thing too that they say that most of the time people's reactions is more are more about, about themselves. Them. Mm -hmm. So when they're saying when they're saying like, look at you stepping out there, that's mm -hmm. probably them like wishing that they were the one doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like because they they wish that they could step out that but way. So we yeah. all have this societal garbage and and things that people have have told us is the way is the norm, right? What's normal? What's proper? Who cares? Yeah, who who actually define proper? Because or like weird. I am weird. I am so weird. And that so weird to me has a different definition than it did when I was younger. Because weird was a bad thing back then. Oh, you're awkward. Oh, you swear too much. I swear too much. Oh, you know, like, oh, you know, all these things about me that were, that diminished me in my mind, diminished me. And as I get older, I want to live out loud and not allow those things to diminish me because they're only true because I believe them, not because they said them. It's it's funny when you said weird, right? So when people mm -hmm. say, oh, you're weird. In my family, the code is, um, oh, you're Oh, you're funny. When they say you're funny, it yeah. doesn't mean ha ha good funny. Yeah. It's it's the equivalent of your yeah. weird. So yeah. when when I would do something that is like changing something, changing myself, or you know, well, like when I stepped out of my career that they're used to and then I started doing something different. Like when I started talking about, oh, I'm gonna start a podcast, then I would hear comments like, Oh, you're funny. <laughs> That's code for Oh, you're being weird. Yeah, <laughs> you're being yeah. Different. They're like, what the heck is that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it, yeah exactly. <laughs> and they they say funny is like a, a nicer word. But mm -hmm. in the beginning, I used to be conscious about it. But after a while, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. sure, funny. Mm -hmm. But I'm having fun. <laughs> so, And so here's the thing about that. People will say that until you're successful. And then you're successful. And they're like, how'd you do it? That's right. True. So That's you true. so if you think about that, you will if if you had just allowed what they said to you to stop you. You would be stuck way back there, but because you pushed through all of that funny talk, yeah. look where you are right now. Exactly. And I bet there are people asking, how do you even start a yes. podcast? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's no longer you being funny. Exactly. It's like, oh, wow, she's got a podcast, you know. So you can allow those things to stop you or you can push through them so that you can get to that reward on the other side because many times the reward is amazing. It's amazing. You just have to push through it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Can I just tell you, I love Lana. <laughs> so the best place to find out more about her is on Instagram where you can find her at Hey Coach Lana. That's one word. Hey Coach Lana. I'm going to put a link to that plus the other links and the highlights of this episode on the show notes so you can head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or like listening to the podcast, please do me a solid and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews really help 
because they put the show in front of midlifers uh, so they're able to find the show and so we can grow our community of thriving midlifers so i would really appreciate that now in our next episode we're going to turn our lens on our bodies we're going to talk about replacing body shame with body peace with nina manelson and this is such a great topic to get into because let's face it in midlife All kinds of things are happening to our bodies, right? Our body shape is changing. Our hormones are doing all kinds of things. And so my conversation with Nina really gets into the heart of the matter. I don't want you to miss that episode or any of the future episodes. So now is a good time to hit follow on whatever app it is that you're using to listen to this episode. Or if you happen to be listening to this on the website, right around the audio player, you'll find some options for podcast apps as well. Okie dokie, I'll be back in a couple weeks with Nina Manelson. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans. Spilana, thank you so, no, thank so much. thank you. This was so fun. I love talking about this stuff. Yes, and I'm telling you, I'm going to have to invite you again. I'm I will be you know. there. I'm excited. <laughs> and so for the listeners, I'm so thankful that you're listening. Yay. Pleasure Yay. to meet y'all, all of you. <laughs>